Here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. Is round three. Alicia and Jay are coming back discussing how they've done it. Alicia, again, as more seasoned or experienced business owner and athletic trainer. Jay is a still in the new process of being a business owner. Again, Alicia with S R uh, yeah S I Boards. So if you're looking for her up, it's S I dash boards.com uh, and it's a balance board check her out so you can do all sorts of dynamic stabilization rehab jay is the owner founder of nexus sports medicine where they have the dead bug as a former marine he said this this equipment this gear that i have is not good enough and so he, we were just talking before he's got a kind of a reveal for round two or pro, uh, product uh, they were using some fancy word rendition or something uh, <laughs> product product number two coming out in the next couple of weeks. And so here we're talking about logistics and production. So actually getting the product out to you, the athletic trainer. So again, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AT Inventors 3. So the first one is AT Inventors 1 and then AT Inventors 2. And then this one 3 is we're talking about production and logistics. So Alicia, Jay, welcome back. And again, I look forward to where we get to share other people's stories when we come back sometime in, our, in March and just discuss, like, Toki will tell his story about being on uh, the Shark Tank. You know, he's on the first part of Shark Tank and um, those different stories of other athletic trainer inventors uh, just to help share your stories and improve the process for everyone else to follow. So welcome back. And then who's going to start us off? Production. I think when everyone, you know, talks about production, the question is, all right, where is it being made? So for me, um, so obviously my stuff is made overseas in Asia. The tricky thing is when it comes to production in general, you really have to identify, you know, within your market where most of your products are made. So for me, um, a lot of bags are made over in Asia, but you can't just um, be very broad in Asia. You have to sometimes specify between uh, different countries. So within um, the bag industry, specifically tactical bags, I know that China, Taiwan, and Vietnam, yes, they all make good stuff. And then the tricky part is also finding your supplier so once you find your supplier you know do your shopping to get quotes and all that stuff that's where you kind of figure out okay how do i literally place an order and when it comes to placing that order so taxes um it doesn't really affect me much because obviously it's overseas at least i'll let you touch on tax a bit in your end but uh duties so one of the agreements you have when trying to you know start production or product is uh duty so my deal with my supplier is i have a ddp which means that this, my supplier or the seller is responsible for when the products ship from their factory, wherever you know, the warehouse to the location where they're, they're going to be uh, sold, resold, all that stuff. So what that means is that literally if my products were on a ship, they're on a plane, something happens, you know, if, if something unfortunate happens to that ship or plane and the pro and all the, uh, the lot and inventory is lost, uh, they assume all the liability and the costs associated behind it. So, and I think it's, something as a any business owner if you're doing product you have to get these types of measures looked at because usually when you place an order like this you have a contract take a time look at your contract and make sure everything's written in paper um in my deal i have trade assurance to make sure everything is covered if anything happens if the products don't look right they're not met to my, my specific specifications yeah i can request all my money back even if 500 bags are made you know it's a huge hassle but it's these types of measures you have to take for accountability because as Alicia, we just said earlier, yeah, you're, you're all in. You can't, there's really no turning back. So you have to make sure you protect yourself as well. 
a little bit of CYA in the, um, the product industry. Uh, do you want to go uh, cost per unit, Lisa, or you want me to get into that? Yeah, we can do that. Well, on the, okay. so, cause I haven't done international mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing coming into me. So it's super fascinating. I'm on the other mm -hmm. end where I'm actually producing it. So the trade insurance, is that um, mm -hmm. something you buy annually or with each shipment? Yeah, so with my third, so I have a third party, I guess, program that I <clears throat> that I use to ensure the deal is made under trade assurance. Now you could go through other websites and platforms that would connect you through other suppliers. And when you're also looking at suppliers, you have to also know this very key thing, if they are a, a trading company or a manufacturer. And some of them are also mm -hmm. both. So when you're dealing with a trading company, that trading company is kind of like the middleman to where, okay, I'm going to ask for these types of bags the trading company actually isn't the one that keeps them in stock they're actually going to reach out to other suppliers they work with to find the bags they want um if you're truck uh, directly talk to the manufacturer yeah they're the ones literally make the bags in-house and then um, you'll find some companies do both my my supplier does both which is kind of nice just to see, see a bunch of different things and they have sister companies as well yeah so it's sort of more contained with your manufacturer um, it's it doesn't go through several hands to get to you yeah what how long no, no. did that process take from you know the finding finding the uh, the right company to manufacture and then oh god the, the paperwork months. was it pretty long or it was months uh because not so and we'll get into that in the other topics but you know the main questions i asked them first can you do custom design what's your minimum order for custom design um do you work with small businesses? Do you have um, flexible payment options? Those were the things that were difficult because the easiest thing for a supplier is, and you'll see it all over Amazon and other, and other spaces where you have, for example, this brand of, I don't know, water bottles. A supplier loves it to where you have a buyer that just wants to buy the water bottle and slap the logo on it. So mm -hmm. when you're doing more custom work like me, it is a bit more tedious on their end. So it's really just find a supplier that's willing to work with you. And you have to really build that relationship early on to let them know, hey, I'm in here for the long run. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do things. I'm, trying to want, try, I'm really trying to make things work. And then you'll kind of find out from there, is the supplier really gonna work with you? And is it gonna be a worth, a last longing, uh, mm -hmm. like last longing relationship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just continuous con discussions. Just because, um, you know, as someone as small as me, um, yeah, it's sometimes they're not going to give you the light of day or just going to be companies right. who literally just want to take your money, you know, do one order. And it depends because if you find the right company, yeah, they want to do a long-term relationship because guess what? They make money too. It, it all goes full circle. Right. You make money, they make money. You have to just develop that trusting bond. Right. Yeah. With, with my, uh, vendors, I mm -hmm. have different, uh, it's not payment options, but the way that I afford them and pay them is different. Like my rail guys, um, I do a check, you know, on, on pickup. So, yeah. um, and then with my urethane guys, um, because they, you know, sometimes as a manufacturer, I mean, not on my end, but as a manufacturer, you don't get paid, you know, you have these long terms with these other companies and, yeah. and sometimes they just don't pay you. I've heard, I've heard this happens like with Home Depot, they just sit on the invoice forever and ever and ever and ever, but you oh. need that, you need their <laughs> contract with the Home Depot, right? So you're just yeah. kind of like, what do I do? But uh, with my year thing, guys, I do half down and then I get everything, quality control it, finish it, and then I'll, I'll pay the rest of the balance and that that um that helps with 
being a small business or a small business mm -hmm. or if you're going to a small business manufacturer as well where sometimes they're they're just sending out a ton of inventory and they don't get paid for for 30 60 90 days so wow. that's all of their money up front into mm -hmm. a huge order they they constantly do um a thing for these like grinders these these parts mm -hmm. for these grinders and and they're like still haven't still haven't gotten paid still haven't gotten paid that's so, an um wow yeah so that's something to consider if you go into if you do go into business how are you going to get paid um mm -hmm. and if you are distributing to say you have a final product you're distributing to a small mom and pop surf shop or something like that they yeah. don't necessarily always have the cash flow and mm -hmm. so they can't pay you up front and it'll pay they'll pay you when your product sells um, yeah i mean there's a lot of different ways that those things work out but that's something to consider for because cash flow really is um one of the hardest things to to keep on hand for daily no it's difficult yeah. i know uh, dave ramsey loves to say cash is king but it's it's yeah. difficult to upkeep mm -hmm. cash flow yeah yeah um Okay, is it okay so, if I yeah. move into a cost per unit? Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Go ahead. So cost per unit, um, dealing with a product and minimum orders. <clears throat> so obviously if you are, you know, if I were to somehow have the cash flow to order 5,000 dead bugs, oh yeah, that cost per unit is going to heavily go down versus what I did this first round with 300 bags and then eventually before I moved to 500. But kind of what ha what's happening on my end is that uh, trade agreements, um, government restrictions, because producing nylon, I don't know if you know, Alicia, is actually not a very eco-friendly process. Mm. So my suppliers have had issues. And then I literally placed this order right now because guess what? The prices we're, we're going to go up again. Um, mm. So I think also for everyone who's, who's listening, just to consider within a product industry is also understanding how, how is your, how are your raw materials made? Are there certain things affecting it within the factories around the world? Uh, for me, nylon is, yeah, it's a, it's a very simple thing to work with on hand, but creating it, I don't know the process and there's things going on. And then when you're pricing it per unit. So for me, I was given the quote and that quote kind of envelops everything from how the products are shipped, the DD, uh, DDP costs, the handling costs to get the goods over to <clears throat> the factory here. That's what's kind of enveloped in my cost per unit. My manufacturer made a good job of making it very clear. Um, mm -hmm. Other places may do it all separately. It can be really confusing. Um, so if you do it all in one, it may look a little bit higher, but at least incorporates everything you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And for example, um, different fabrics might cost more. My, uh, the Cordura, it costs more than the even upgraded polyurethane nylon I'm using for this next round. Mm -hmm. uh, something I can't control, but that's where you also you have to figure out your, your pricing to figure out, do you have to make slight changes between those two variations of fabric? You know, what, what makes sense and what's easier? And the big thing, uh, minimum order quantity. I think that's a magic question that people always ask. The first thing that I looked for, you know, my hunt for a supplier was a, a supplier, can they go as low as 300? And I was lucky uh, to do that because I didn't know what was going to happen with the debt bugs. And then when it shot up, I said, okay, let's go to 500. But for the most part, three, anywhere, like anything under a thousand, a lot of manufacturers will say that's pretty small. But anyway, right. if, you know, for someone like me, that's, that's very scary. I even, I talked to another supplier about another product I'm working on. They said, yeah, our, our MLQ is 2000 units. I'm, mm -hmm. Oh God, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and this product is smaller. So I'm okay. I can, I'll store in my house. So I'm just thinking also 2000 is a lot. That's, that's 
so just keep in, in the future you're going to be like i need an order for 2000 yeah well that this order i'm you know forever's watching you'll get a heads up this order i did is for 1200 almost i know it's it's crazy it's almost three times the size original order so it's like kind of go big or go home situation because yeah. i need to keep bags in stock i, I don't <laughs> like to keep you know customers waiting so i had to make this right leap of faith in a big jump it was a really big jump yeah congratulations that is thank you Woo! manifesting abundance I <laughs> and i think you know just slowly little over time like you know maybe the next order at this it'll be <clears throat> two thousand mm-hmm. three thousand that's just again cash flow craziness but at least uh, you have any comments on i guess quantity the price per unit for you that helps you make your pricing for retail yeah yeah from so, your end right <clears throat> so from my end uh because we're doing things uh differently than you um early on my brother has a friend from high school and he's sort of the king of central valley california with his uh with mainland surf and skate shops and he also manufactures uh overseas as well but so we talked Mm. early on about product and he he said you've got you've got your product cost and all of your associated costs get all that dialed in and then add 15 percent on top of that or to to your cost yeah um and that to account for anything unknown that's going to happen like the price of glue goes up the price of wood goes up you have that yeah. flexibility and if it doesn't go up then you have that added um income coming back your way yeah. but um you know i get this comment a lot where people are like you just need to double the the cost of manufacturing and you know and then you're fine and, and then some people say triple too <laughs> yeah well this is well this is a comment that people don't understand the the pricing or they mm-hmm. think that you know all you have that these are just consumers who don't really understand everything but really yeah. in your pricing i mean you should like try to shoot for five times because when you have um it depends on your product as well but you yeah. have to you have you're gonna have fixed costs Mm-hmm. like rent insurance worker comp things yep. like just electricity yada 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 on top mm-hmm. of your cost of goods sold which is your um your parts to make your product right and mm-hmm. then you have to factor in the time it takes to sand each board to silk yeah. screen each board the whole time to manufacture you have to factor in your storage space accounting for you know these boards are going to take up this much space on my pallet rack how much space does that how what's percentage of that rent is attributed to that amount of space and then that gets factored into the uh the cost of your product and then you finally after after you sit down and you have this spreadsheet that's like (laughs) whoa you know you um you add your 15 percent <laughs> your 15 yeah. percent buffer basically always have a buffer and uh and then you look at it and and appropriately calculate your profit margins which isn't mm-hmm. just you know uh one times two times two times two or two it's a it's yeah. a calculation of your cost your retail price divided by your um i think your total your final price but it's it's a calculation yeah. And that gives you a point system. And so when you're really thinking about manufacturing, are you direct Are you direct to consumer or do you have a distributor that goes to mm-hmm. maybe a, 
secondary distributor that goes to final retail. And if yes. you're doing that, you really have to really add in a lot of different. That's where it gets, I agree. That's where it gets yes. complicated. Yeah. And that's where, yeah. because everybody needs to make money. Right. So yeah, it, you can't do really slim margins because you think mm -hmm. that the consumer wants to pay a, a less price for it. You have to, you have to protect yourself and you have to really think in terms like my urethane guy needs to maintain his business and feed his family and support himself exactly. so that he can continue to make to make my urethane thing so i need mm -hmm. to afford him and pay him and not be you know slim on the margins um yeah so and it's yeah. also not sustainable too when you're very slim in your margins yeah it, you just can't you can't grow as no. a business so you you really have to price appropriately um, and so here's here's like one 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 thing that I, I love these you know these um ultra um, yeah mm -hmm. the the sand discs right so I was looking it up I'm curious curious creature I'm like let's let's go to Amazon see what it is so um, the the 32 gig hold on I gotta move the screen 32 gig is uh, 1389 on <laughs> on Amazon and then you go up to 128 gig and it's um 30 bucks and you go up to 512 and it's 124 and you go to one one terabyte it's 278. now this yeah. thing hasn't changed it's the same it's the same shape it's the same everything i'm sure it's got precious metals in it in there and everything yeah but you know and obviously you're you're um you're paying for the storage space but mm -hmm. This little guy, they don't have to change. The only thing that they really have to change is like the wording on the packaging. It's still got the same um, tooling and mold and maybe change the sticker out and obviously the yeah. components on the inside. Yeah. But w when you can have something like that, right? Where it's very multi-purpose, everything, and you just make a few yeah, changes. Yeah, the components and, are very easy too. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. two hundred, like thirteen bucks to two hundred dollars for this seemingly. Yeah. That's the same also kind of like, that's also kind of similar to you know certain car models. Oh, it's based on this platform, right. truck versus SUV. You see that a lot, so kind of you know it helps with costs. Because I had someone say, "Hey, are you making um, a smaller dead bug?" And I said, "I really want to, but it's just it doesn't make sense right now." Because I because I, I could technically yeah use a similar platform, but. No, it's, I would like to do it, you know, based on what you're talking about too, using similar parts, but it's just mm -hmm. not there yet. Right. Yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll come when it needs to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you get your, you get your core things, um, yeah. <clears throat> solidified. And then when you're ready to diversify because mm -hmm. the market needs it, it's great. But there's, I've yeah. also seen it companies where they've diversify and then all of a sudden they're like let's we got let's add this and this and this and this and they're so broad that they lose focus on their their primary breadwinner product and yeah. so they've got to dial it all back down and go back to the basics um so yeah you know just it's great to have all these ideas but to, uh, you know maintain your focus so that you're not yeah. you spread too thin yeah definitely have to keep it level-headed <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah keep your sanity as well <laughs> yeah yeah and also i want to comment too like i also i i don't know if you run into a situation to where you want to make a minor adjustment and for me it almost added a dollar fit uh, almost three dollars per unit and i was like oh my god mm -hmm. is that have you had that experience to where 
I don't know if it's a change of parts or where it's just surprising mm -hmm. how one little change or even just a small part can heavily affect that unit price. It's just, mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, sometimes it can stunt, I get whether it's growth or, you know, just trying to make changes to the future for future models. Yeah, yeah. So it adds three bucks to your unit, which means you've got to add like 15 or something. Yeah, it's yeah, there's there's times where we've had that. I mean, the price of cardboard keeps going up. My shipping boxes, I have to have. I agree, miners, and they just keep going yeah, up. Yeah, mine. <laughs> I really didn't want cardboard shipping boxes, but when everyone got their for packages, they loved they loved it because it said Nexus. I'm like, okay, maybe I should mm -hmm. I should let's stick to the cardboard boxes and work on. Yeah, that. sometimes it's those those tiny little details that are great. Um, I will say, as far as like a like a shipping box. Um, your product it's not necessarily you want to design your product around the ease of shipping but there mm -hmm. are uh there are easy ways to ship things flat rate because they fit into a certain size box and, and that's where i got screwed yeah and then there's dimensional weight there's <laughs> yeah. dimensional weight yeah. and then you get above a certain weight and size mm -hmm. and then it all adds that in there um, so I got, uh, I just kind of got stupid lucky with, uh, the largest board is really large and yeah. <clears throat> the box that it ships in is just right underneath, right underneath the 108 inch, like dimensional thing. So you didn't have to go custom made. You could just go with, that's awesome. No, my shipping boxes are custom made for sure. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's nothing on the market that, because the way, the way they fold and yeah, anyway, um, Okay. Uh, but the size of it, mm -hmm. I can ship that large box without having the added surcharge, a surcharge of an oversized product. So oh, that's good. Yeah. So if if that is a concern, I mean, obviously you want to make the product that is going to fit properly. But if yeah. you can save like one inch on your shipping box so that it gets into the the flat rate fee or something, mm -hmm. and you can ship more within a con more confined space then that makes you more efficient saves you money it's yeah. easy um the u.s postal service has these boxes uh they're a medium flat rate and they fold a different way they're more of a elongated box but it has mm -hmm. a it has an adhesive strip i know so i just, like that they're good so i don't so if i choose to ship something with that then i'm not taping a, you know a, i'm not uh, using a ton of tape on it now on my shipping exactly. boxes like they're taped like man armageddon man but it's those really tiny things right where mm -hmm. maybe you can get away with a box that has a self-adhesive and it makes you more efficient too and just psh, psh, yeah done. yeah ship it that was irritating yeah. for me because i really wanted to go with um kind of the ones you get on amazon those you know there's really that soft plastic shipping you know oh, shippers yeah. mm -hmm. but um it just didn't seem like i still have to work on it for this next order but it just it didn't look like we could try to get something specifically the size of my bag i believe so mm -hmm. because i had to end up paying for custom cardboard boxes and i'm like yeah. oh my god this is just not cool right. but again as we talked about the people loved it so yeah, yeah and i think also for damage protection maybe that works yeah so in, in thinking about is this going to make me it's more money up front to have custom shipping boxes but i have the yeah. security and peace of mind knowing that there isn't going to be a hole put through the box because of and that's and that's something i've been grateful for 
Okay. Yeah, because then that takes then then you're going backwards and you're now having mm. to deal with all of these um, issues with the shipping material and mm-hmm. maybe damage to the product. And then yeah. really did did saving like 50 cents really help out, help out in the long run. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> I for me, it's like buy a little extra if you're going to Home Depot and you need to get, I don't know, something. Uh, like a couple of washers for one teeny tiny project, always add a couple yeah. extra washers in because, yeah. you know, it's it's so inefficient to have to go back there and buy, you know, an extra yeah. bottle of glue or whatever. So if you're watching on, on Facebook or YouTube later, I actually bought these from Sticker Mule. So it's like a little poly mailer they're talking about and like they're talking about it's oh, custom. Yeah. So it's got the Sports yeah. Medicine Broadcast logo and it just makes it, it's actually cheaper to mail using this than the, and if it fits it ships box uh, uh-huh, because they right. they weigh per ounces and since i was just shipping like one shirt it was costing me like seven dollars versus three dollars and yeah. and then also it it comes in this you know cool plastic bag that yeah. has the logo on it so those type of things they're they're cool and it definitely makes it like oh yeah hey i know what that is and you get excited rather than whatever so right. yeah. i don't know i guess i got those from sticker mule um they always have some sort of sale and something like that but i don't do nearly as much shipping as you guys do so <laughs> yeah. Well, when you That's need to cool. ship a ton of shirts and the price uh, per the weight changes, then you you slam everything you can in the flat rate <laughs> shipping. You went up to seventy pounds, right? Yeah. Unless it's international, then it's twenty pounds. But yeah, yeah. you just. I, I was at the post office once, and this guy had this order, and they they had to wheel it out in this little cart, and it was like squeak, 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 and and he could barely pick. I don't know what he had in there, gold bars or something, but he could barely pick up these box. They're flat rate boxes, so you know they were like you know fifteen, twenty dollars a ship, but they were <laughs> so they were so heavy. Oh, I don't know. Filled with steel, steel something or other. <laughs> Jay, are you still there? Yeah, I'll be right there. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those um, that that little bit of customization, Jeremy, really is a really nice touch, you know. And it's it's not anything else that's you know out of your way that you have to do, right? Right. Yeah, I mean just. Many, Rather than just a plain gray plastic bag, it just like right. oh yeah yeah. Yeah, how many did you have to purchase? Was there a minimum? Um, uh, I don't think so. Maybe fifty. I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, Sticker Mule, you know, they they do pretty low quantity stuff. You know, like the stickers or the coasters that I got. I think maybe fifty or a hundred, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they really do they do like really small ones, like sizes. Yeah, like really small. I mean. Uh, see, I think yours is pretty small. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine it would be the, I think it's like a, whatever normal sheet of paper is eight and a half by 11. So it's like nine by 12. Okay. I'm going to roll that then for when I sell my patches. So. Yeah. And they may do something smaller. I'm not sure, but. Cool. So here's, here's a little, a one thought on production. Is, yeah. um When early on I needed to have some vinyl sticker things made for a part for a um, for a molding thing to test something out. So I talked to the sticker company and it was gonna be like $95 because there's a lot of weeding out of the, you know, the logo and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. for like, you know, 10 stickers, 90 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, why don't, I, why don't I invest in a, um, like a silhouette 
cutter or my own vinyl plotter and cutter and it and I found one at Michael's and it ended up it was like $120 probably had a coupon that sticker vinyl cutter for a hundred and some dollars has it's it's earned its weight in gold because I can use mm -hmm. it for anything you know and everything and now whenever I need something I'm not waiting on a vendor or having to send a design or I could make something custom or I could make some mm -hmm. you know weird sign <laughs> that, that I need yeah so sometimes when you're ready to to um, sometimes you just need a one-off and you know it's only going to be a one-off but if it's something yeah. where you're continually going to use it um, making the investment to buy a piece of machinery that you know is going to earn its money back immediately it's yeah. really great and then you potentially have a secondary in income stream if you wanted to like a side sticker business or you know yeah. you know you're making something for your kids or something um mm -hmm. yeah and i did i i did want to mention like from last week that there you and i are in manufacturing and distribution and retail but there is a, another option for those of you who don't necessarily want to have like your own huge business entity and structure and that is a uh, a passive income stream and really the idea long term is to work less and make more money so that you have better quality of life balance and i know that's probably maybe a an odd con an odd concept for athletic trainers <laughs> because you're the first to arrive and the last to last to leave and um we're just such giving people that we're like yeah i'll cover it but at the same time like by continually saying yeah i'll cover it we're sort of like doing ourselves a disservice so you know in in trying to um make more money and work less mm -hmm. um there's things like passive income streams where uh you see this a lot on amazon where you set up <clears throat> an amazon shop and you set up a um vendor who makes that thing for you like mm -hmm. the burrito blanket right <laughs> the blanket <laughs> looks like a burrito when you're all wrapped up and they make it and they ship it and they're direct so they and then you get a percentage of that of that income mm -hmm. and it, it'll take you work up front to set everything up but then you just you just sit back and you just like like donald duck just the money's, <laughs> the money's coming in if you do it correctly you know so that might be a little little side hustle if if you're you know if you're interested in and in something like that um where somebody does all the work for you and uh, you just get a percentage that yeah and there's there's a lot of companies that are set up like that there's a lot of um t-shirts that are direct print direct to garment or the ones where you can customize your t-shirt right? yeah and you put like jeremy's like i love my wife like his uh his email signature <laughs> i love i sent that to everybody i was like oh my god <laughs> you guys you gotta check this out <laughs> um, um uh yeah and so they do it for you as long as you trust in that company so yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways to, to have your business structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We're, <laughs> where we're we are, we kind of, we kind of touched a little bit on vendors. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you th all right. Uh, quality control setbacks. Do you think we touched on that Alicia? Yeah. Um, the only thing I only have one comment on that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So quality control, I think. So for me, as someone, you know, who doesn't have a lot of access, you know, to a massive warehouse and a whole 
you know, Lewis applying a team. What I did to kind of first establish, I guess, quality and quality control was prototyping. Let me get my first prototype. All right. So the MMK, first thing I designed. And what I really wanted to see with the MMK, I didn't care that I paid, you know, an expensive cost for one unit. This was an investment to really see one. How was a manufacturer? Are they worth it? Are they going to put out and design things exactly to my specifications? Can you just follow those simple directions? And with this bag, I, you know, from my experience, I went through it. I used it just literally analyzing the stitching. Is everything where it needs to be? Is it, are the seams right? And my football coach, who was a, also, was a, a parachute rigger in the army, took this bag and he has a, really, a lot of really good experience with stitch, with just stitching in general. And he just tried to rip it apart at the seams where he thought there would be stress points that would, you know, not do it. And, and the ba this bag passed easily. So I think that was kind of like a, like a very, I guess, low cost way of checking quality control, but on that, but going to the big end scale of manufacturing, what I did with, um, you know, since I'm international, I hired a third party inspection company. I use SGS, they're nation, they're worldwide. And SGS is cool because they will go into any factory as long as it's a verified factory, it's a you know it's a third party person, and they give me inspection reports. So, literally in the inspection report, it shows the the inspector from SGS at the factory verified it's there. The the SGS inspector has specific parameters they go through. They link up with the factory. All right, we're gonna pull. For me, they pulled 50 dead bugs out of different boxes. All right, I'm not sure what's going on. If it's still streaming live, it looks like we have lost the Zoom call. All right, so if you're watching live, we have apparently lost the Zoom call. And now it's saying the site can't be reached. I don't know if my computer's just slow. Or if the internet is down. I know we're having some storms here in the area, but then it wouldn't still be streaming live. So, talking about protection and business, I want to remind you that coming up in March, we want to hear and share your stories and answer your questions. So, internet looks like it's down.
Exactly. And that's, I was going to comment on that too, because you know, when you, when you're pricing for your product, mm -hmm. it's not just, it's not just, um, you know, it's, you have to factor in your, like you said, every single expense. And then, mm -hmm. you know, does your pricing affect every employee you have as you grow bigger? It's just, mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the big thing people don't see. I think for us as business owners, we understand unit costs, all those little things, but the, the customer really does understand what goes into, what truly goes in that price and where does that profit margin for the business go? Like for me, um, you know, a lot of my, what I get out of my price of the debt bug, yeah, I need more money to invest into the other product lines. You know, I told people I have seven mm -hmm. product lines planned and guess what? I can't have low, I can't do that with low profit margins. It's the business is not mm -hmm. going to grow or for me to push out bigger and better things. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What's up, Let's Jeremy? Here. Are you back? How's the fire drill? <laughs> That's why I thought, man, when when you went out, I was like, hold on a second. I don't think if Jeremy's a host and it's not recording live. All good though. Man, I have no idea what we talked about. Yeah, it was a big, uh, it was a bit. Oh, let me look into. Oh yeah, I can. I can. Do you want me to try to sum up Alicia? Yeah. <laughs> okay. If it didn't right, happen nice. yesterday, I, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For before this little internet outage, so kind of what Alicia yeah, and I discussed was uh, really quick. Um, just to be the involvement with the production. Sorry, are you ready, Jeremy? Um, oh my bad, are we, Jeremy. Are we ready to go? Okay. 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 Yeah. So I'll just, um, so really quick synop synopsis. Uh, so involvement in production, uh, my end, there's not a lot of involvement I have except for just literally talking to my business agent for my supplier. Uh, Alicia has a more hands-on process. And I think it's something you're going to see between two different ends of a business to where me, I do more remote digital sales. And then someone like Alicia who has, you know, most of the things in house. And then, learning, you know, talking, we talked about also learning a new trade for, you know, using a vendor for production. Um, when it comes to anyone trying to make their own product, you kind of have to ask yourself the question, is this something I want to literally learn how to physically do? Am I, and are you willing to make that investment in time to learn about practice that trade? Or like me, you're going to use a vendor to do it as I think I'm kind of learning that since I'm getting bigger into this, I would kind of want to learn how to do it just because there's a couple of things I want to do myself and not, you know, make, have to use the time to wait for my supplier to make me, you know, custom prototypes. You want to add on that, uh, Alicia, on anything? Uh, yeah. Like if you're doing things in house, you can, yeah, you can make your own, uh, customization and there's times where you really want to, if you're really invested in learning a new skill, then go for it. But if it's more efficient to have a professional come in to help you, like a professional yeah. person who sews 
and understands that because they've been working with textiles for 20 years, then it's more efficient for them to come in and maybe yeah. initially get you started versus having trying how to figure out how to sew piping. <laughs> you know, yeah, because I don't know window, how. Uh, kind of clear window in, you know. I don't know if there's been any YouTube tutorials on <laughs> how to sew a bag together. <laughs> No, but you or will work. be the first. You will be the first one that's I like. Could. Let me take you. Let me take you on a tour, and 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 uh, develop the following of people. Like, whoa, that's really cool. I did not think or about you, that. I did not. You could think do. Of, you could do yeah. YouTube videos how to assemble urethane steel rods, silk screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we do that without too many trade secrets, and so people yeah. can see, you know, the processes of that, and then. Uh, like Rogue had this Rogue Rogue is you know U.S. made in Ohio. The fitness company. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. they're amazing. Um, they, they put out a video on their steel their barbell. You know they have barbells mm -hmm. that are two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, yeah. and you're like, what is the difference between this and a hundred and twenty dollar barbell? But they put out this amazing video, and you see the processes and the amount of hands on it and the amount of time mm -hmm. and. You're like, whoa, yeah, okay, that totally makes sense of why yeah. that is going to retail for that. Um, yeah, that and cost. people are going to buy it. They they've developed the brand. Right, right. So you know, in price, when we talked about pricing, um, price, uh, pricing precedes value. No, pricing value precedes. If you I know have, you're to say. if you have something like the sand, this this the sand disc, right? I'm going to pay yeah. $200 for the one terabyte and it's the brand. And mm. because it's $200, I expect that it's going to behave like a $200 product. And if yeah. there's a, if there's a competitor, it's not, not known, you know, it's maybe an off brand and it's t mm. one terabyte, but it's half the price. Then you kind of think, mm, am I going to trust yeah. that? Right. So that in, in pricing, don't, don't think that a lower price is always, is always better because it it may not really convey that it has the proper value and consistency and quality control um, that your that your product actually has. No, I agree. I'll tell a quick personal story because um what I do to I guess also for anyone whoever's listening to save money and time on you know trying to prototype and I look at Amazon items they're just tactical accessories just to mm -hmm. compare and also as we said dimensions right to also give a gauge of dimensions when things are sewn. So this is one that, that would, this is a prototype pouch my supplier made, but I also look, I just bought a really cheap $11 pouch on Amazon, tactical design. Okay, looks the same, right? I understand sewing. Let me play around with it. I, I open it up, Alicia. I just pulled it into your lining, ripped apart. Yeah, right. And that's where I was like, okay, this is really why it's $11. And now, will most people yeah. try to do that? No, but the, I think these are the details that I mean you both are passionate about to really analyze is this you know is this really quality and for me i just use it just to literally play at dimensions and then mm -hmm. i even pulled on one of the nylon webbings i ripped it off mm -hmm. i've never even done that for my standard issued gear when i was in the marine so that's where again oh yeah red flag this is why this is 11 dollars. and for right, me right. with my bag it's you know i'm not gonna there'll never be a point where the dead bug is an extremely low price because there's so much that goes into the bag and I'm never going to devalue the bag like that. You know, it's meant to be an upgrade from everything else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree with what you said. Yeah. The, the $11 item has a place in the marketplace, you know, yeah. whether you just, you have a kid who's like 
not incredible Hulk and they're not going to tear it apart. (laughs) And you know, you know that it's, it's going to get beat up, you know, on the, you know, bottom of their skateboard or something. Um, Yeah. So, so somebody, so somebody made money off of you (laughs) because you bought an $11 item, you know, and um, yeah. So you, you provided for somebody else to have a sale. Um, Yeah. That yeah, also I, I provided myself just dimensions. That <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a win win. Um, you know, early on, my my older brother was like, um, uh, price low to sell more. If you if you lowered your prices by twenty dollars or a hundred dollars or something, you could sell more items, and then you'd have a mm-hmm. bigger. So there's that version of it. Or yeah. There's higher price, but you're selling lower volume and what is going to work out better for you. And I think mm-hmm. it really depends on the product that you're manufacturing. Like if you have a and also your brand too, the branding too. Yeah. But if it's a super simple product, like this teeny tiny little thing, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, the, the sand is, doesn't need a lot of processing. It, it's not mm-hmm. handmade. It doesn't take you, um, you know, three hours start to completion with drying time, yeah. uh, without the drying times and things like that, then maybe, yeah, if it's something that it's just going to pump and churn out and it comes to you and it's finished and you can sell a lot more like the, the Walmart version, right? Like the, yeah. buy, you know, buy more at a lower price or like, it just doesn't work out for me. My, my, my items are so handmade and detail oriented. Um, and you're working with materials that are sometimes unforgiving yet it's, it's not, I would just, my arms would be broken from tenosynovitis trying to manufacture so many, so many boards, you know, um, uh, (laughs) at a lower price and then your profit margin, like you're just, yeah, it's yeah. So in thinking about that too, in that. Um, what's going to work out for your product. Um, cool. Yeah. You want to talk about, let's go to like, you have your product and how are mm-hmm. we going to market and trade shows, websites, oh, this, like this, where's, this is fun. what's the next step? Cause that you're, cause you're right in it. You're right. Totally yeah. In it. Um, yeah, sure. So I think when it comes to, let's, I'll just go just regular marketing in general. Um, everyone's asked me, Oh, how much do you pay for marketing? I, said nothing I, mm-hmm. I pay for marketing and i think it's not not necessarily it's the complete old school way of thought but i think we've just there's such a big advance you know in technology that you know you don't have to do traditional traditional marketing methods i mean you can gather email lists um for other people i don't know if people pay for email lists now they probably do but you know you have your your digital marketing in person all that stuff trade shows so for me i just stick to you know, social media and kind of the way that I, I strategize my plan was that I've seen that like with products on social media, people will just post a product, post a product, post a product, and you're not really telling the story. And what, what I immediately wanted to do was tell a story because when, you know, my Instagram page started, it wasn't Nexus. It was called real ATCs. And this is when, and Jeremy knows when this is still the page that I wanted to really focus on telling just very candid stories. Mm-hmm. kind of just get get you know, get a picture of an AT it just in a candid moment and let them kind of tell something whether they want to address an issue to profession something good something bad I really wanted to develop 
first the platform of telling a story. And then when I made the transition of starting Nexus, that's when I just literally began to, began to tell, tell the story to a company. And I think that's where early on I was able to establish, you know, what I'm about. And that's the first thing you have to do. I even, I, I believe before you push a product out, because if you push a product out and there's 50 other products next to what's going to, what's, why is that person going to buy you? You know, because they're not just buying the product, they're also buying you. What are, what are you also pushing out? And there's a lot of things I still want to address and talk about that I'm not there yet, but I'm being grateful that, you know, everyone kind of sees what I'm trying to do in my vision. And that's, mm-hmm. again, you have to push out uh, your ideals, your vision and everything you want to do. And also develop the brand. You know, what's, it's, it's bigger than just you know, slapping a logo on something. It's just when you have some, when you have your brand on there, it can be, it completely changes the ball game and everything because people will believe in it. You know, look at your biggest companies in the world. Yeah, it's, that brand means a whole big thing. If mm-hmm. you know, hope I get to the point where Nexus <clears throat> becomes something where someone slaps on, they're proud. You know, I'm not. I don't want. Any, I don't want to give away T-shirts just as gimmies. I want if someone wants a Nexus shirt, it's because they believe in everything yeah. I'm doing with it. So, and that, and that just I know kind of went a little off direction there, but that's where marketing is. And then also teasers. You know, cool marketing teasers are kind of like showing different things about the product and how it's utilized and it's also for me featuring other people you know i'm not going to always show my dead bug the future is also to feature other people's loadouts and kind of build everyone together build the i guess the, the dead bug community mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot, a lot there's a lot of ways to approach the marketing um mm-hmm. some people like to do the gimmicky thing and make it sound like a super big advertisement that's not my style because everyone else does it and i'm, I'm about to be completely different so. right right if you yeah, want to, I'll def- let you, yeah. How do you like to approach it? With yeah, definitely. Like the person, the personable story is what everybody l- likes about me when they they call in or you know. Um, first of all, <clears throat> when the phone rings, always answer the phone with a smile, because mm-hmm. people want to take their hard earned money and invest it in you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just yeah, always answer with a smile, but. Um, so there's a couple ways to look at it where you, well, this is like going forward to go backwards. So yeah, (laughs) we'll go, we'll talk over here and then we'll go backwards. But, um, like in social media, like you don't own anything, right? If you put Mm -hmm. up a video on YouTube, you don't technically own it. YouTube owns it. So, um, but you can create. YouTube, you can create a YouTube video that's going to live on forever and somebody can look mm-hmm. at it um, 10 years later and, and it's still producing money for you. You've taken yeah. the initial time to make it and have somebody edit it or whatever and put it up there and do the transcript and it yeah. just lives on at any moment. Somebody in any country could pop in there and watch it and there's your free marketing. Yeah. In contrast, you've got like Google AdWords or you've got, um, this happened a long time ago where the NATA had the, the product marketplace and mm-hmm. they reached out to everybody like, hey, for 500 bucks, we're gonna put you on the marketplace uh, you know, vendor list in your categories. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know, but let me try this. But it mm-hmm. didn't matter because then Perform Better came in and outranked me and paid more and I was not at the top of the list anymore. And then somebody, oh, you know, so those yeah. things happen when, especially with Google AdWords too, right? Somebody's gonna out buy your code word, whether it's like balance yeah. board or tactical bag or something, somebody's gonna outbid yeah. that. 
And with Google AdWord, it's like you just watch the bank account just drop. It's a one one and done. That money is out. It's it I agree, and really that's quick. so. For and that's some what people, people say about paid. Yeah, so some people it totally it totally works, um, and some something like like me, I have a product where you really need to be able to see it. Sometimes it doesn't transfer well over into pictures and video. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to capture. So I really need something more than just I can't just like boom put a picture out and everybody gets it. Um, yeah. So I need that that storyline with there. Um, and then when you are, so if you're at that end and then you're, you're for marketing and then you're thinking, okay, where else am I going to go? Or do I do door to door mailers, trade shows? Yeah. Um, are you going to go to NATA? Is that the best bang for your buck versus like uh, a regional meeting or, or a, a, uh, like a military, you know, convention. Um, and when you think about that, how easy is it for you to transport your product? Do you need to fly it all in? It's really fascinating tra how trade shows do it. And it's, it's, it's uh, particular to each location, whether they okay. have unions, where you're not allowed to roll any of your items in, or you have to have a union set up your trade show booth, or really? they'll, they'll allow you one, one trunk on wheels and then the rest the union has to come in and do it or they'll or they don't care and they're just like take all your stuff in it's it's okay. really dependent on the convention center and the location and that's interesting of, okay. yeah all of that adds in you've got to buy your carpet you've got to buy the trash can you've got to buy the electricity so it adds up you know a teeny tiny booth at nata maybe is going to be five thousand dollars for a 10 by 10 <sighs> And then you've got to add in like all your stuff. So um, I remember Bruce from Body Blade. He had he, he was like, oh, I'm tired of buying carpet. I'm tired of renting carpet. So he had this huge trunk that had all of his equipment and he had carpet squares in it. And it just all packed into this beautiful trunk. And so he would take out, he'd bring his own. It was all shipped and then he'd take out and do his own carpet. Um, and then, you know, you have like he had a he had a. a like a fabric backdrop that yeah. would roll up and fold really tight and really nice compared to i don't know something really really structural or hard uh so those things you know one for how do you even get there and then all the insurance and then the the um, flying all the these flying, yeah, the red things yeah these. now if you if you have a small thing it's like you have a small thing it fits in your backpack and you can go anywhere and show people that's that's great um or do you have a product that you need four people in your booth to staff it because it's um it's a moving object like yeah like mine and you need to spot people and we have a um a demo stand a safety stand and only one person on a board at a time because it's a yeah. moving surface which is inherently dangerous right uh, and then people are trying to talk to me and I have a video playing so that that yeah. video can hopefully answer questions without me having to answer all the questions. And, um, you know, for me, return on investment for a trade show booth doesn't work out because of the way that my product is. It really takes okay. much more time to research it. Um, so that's a consideration. Um, and then what I've also found, uh, depending on the show, is that like a surf show people are just there to grab free stuff 
And that's what I've been fearing about me trying to do. You know, I have a plan to try to do, you know, start out small at ATAF in Florida. Mm -hmm. I would love to do NATA since it's in my home in Philly, but I agree. I think there's a lot of people, everyone, everyone's tape. <laughs> You're right. Everyone, <laughs> I mean, everyone wants, and for me, it's like, I think, I think about, you know, showing my thing, but obviously I'm not going to give out 50 dead bucks <laughs> no, at, a con no, no. at a convention, but yeah. you know how, I think it's, like you said, there's a lot of, again, is it a liability you know, it's to go there because you have to front up so much to, and what's really your ROI on going to a trade show. It depends. Like right. you said, I, I'm i still trying to evaluate that is, yeah. you know, is my bag. Should I go trade show on it just to show mm -hmm. it? Yeah, well, um, uh, yeah, some things people need to touch and feel and put on yeah. their back and everything. And so that may make sense. I think, you know, the tactical show would be Really great I just too, have to make but... sure no one tries to walk away if it. <laughs> right, right. Everything's changed. <laughs> yeah, because I'm even. I mean, I'm going to show the new colors. You know, I'm I'm bringing out more new colors, so that'd be a good time to reveal things. But again, yeah, let's. Yeah, you know, and also my guess what my competitors are there too. So um, are are my yeah. competitors going to yeah. walk up and try to hunt me down? I hope um, not. It... Yeah, sometimes or they just don't care, right? Or or yeah. they um, but you know, having the variety in the marketplace is really good. Not everybody mm -hmm. likes Starbucks. They want to go to Pete's Coffee or Dunkin' Donuts. So mm -hmm. the, the variety is actually, yeah, is, um, is good. Um, yeah, there's, I, I will say that I have had people come into my booth with their product and they're like, hey, would you check this out? Can you, What what is your opinion on this? I'm like, I just paid five thousand dollars for this booth. Get out of my booth! Like, I'm, like, like in, let's, let's let's set up an appointment later, and I'll look at your product. And I've done that, you know, like um, Jason who made these yoga eggs. You know, he was mm -hmm. like, asking me all these questions. I was like, oh, these are really cool. But let's can we talk about this some other time? I have like a bunch of people. Yeah, because that time is really that time is very crucial, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the conventions. Yeah. Now, some people love it, like Louis Stack, right, from Fitter. He's at, I forget how many, but he does so many trade shows every year, and he's been at it for the beginning of his company. He loves it, yeah. you know? And um, so you either do that and send your best representative of your company, which is yourself, or yeah. you have a group of people who can rep, and then do you trust those people, you know? Um, so something, something to consider. Like how involved yeah. do you want to be with that? Um, yeah. Cool. All right, let's let's talk about the website because that okay. that's another oh, very man. big big thing, and there's a lot of different website type yeah. options. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll run through quick. Um, so for me, website I was the main thing I wanted to look at was affordability. So I talked to someone who's really good with just website platforms. So I looked at uh wix shopify and square mm -hmm. and kind of what i what we analyzed that square seemed like the best fit for me now um so the good thing i will say about square is that you know when you're talking about order fulfillment processing shipping fees and all that stuff for digital marketing all these things square does everything uh, so for me the coolest thing is that when i go into square i could see all the orders the customer base inventory stock i had the whole entire email list um associated you know through the square system so i can do so much with it the square analytics are great so it's kind of nice to have just one you know one stop shop boom everything is there so that's something i've been grateful for my system um mm -hmm. maybe i may make some 
changes in the future. But right now, I just I don't want to go through the logistics of you probably know switching one platform to a completely different one. But it's I mean that that's how everything runs through. It's as simple as for me, just or square. So yeah, for for sure, yeah, it handles um, everything. So it's yeah, it's it's great that there's a lot of different systems like that. I mean, early on, you know, 2007, we had somebody build the website. And if you think about what it's like to have a 2007 website, you know, back then, yeah. you just, you know, you needed somebody to code it and stuff. Um, so then in 2012, 14, when I was like, I'm going <clears> to <throat> rebrand and turn everything back on. Um, yeah, I was like, well, we can't use this, <laughs> this, this website. <laughs> Thank goodness has been like sending orders in somehow. Somehow people keep finding me. I don't know what really? that was on YouTube video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, what also what also helped me was just people would always just, you know, I I just got this amazing email the other day from an old original customer, and he sent me a picture mm. of his daughter on the board, and she's now seventeen, and he, he's just you know it's it's like things like that that are so touching that really yeah. keep you you know invigorated. But um, so I was talking to my brother, Brad, who's the tech guy. And I was like, okay, time for a new website. I don't know. I've got a quote from this company to build a custom website with everything I want. It's going to be $14,000 or like, what are my other options? And he's like, well, let's look what's out there. And at that time, um, the e-commerce sites like Belusion, big e-commerce, um, Shopify wasn't, I think maybe Shopify was there, but not like as it is now. Um, yeah. so we're looking at it and the thing about these e-commerce sites is they're set up for you to make some sales with, mm -hmm. um, you can design it, but eventually you'll need like the professionals to come in and polish it up, but mm -hmm. it has the shipping figured out for you. It does the taxes. It does like the security. It does all of this back end stuff. And yeah. if I went with the company that's going to build me the site, um, I'm stuck with that. And then I get tech support, like, you know, one hour a week of tech support and nothing is yeah. going to get done within one hour. So it, it didn't make sense to go with a custom built website for, for myself. Um, yeah. he's like $14,000, you know what you could do with $14,000? <laughs> like, let's, let's build this website. Let's build this other evolution site, which was the best at the time for what I needed. Um, yeah. you know, for for way less um, and then invest in Volusion to help you with the design stuff. Um, and now I'm at the point where Volusion it's, is older and I've needed to really switch the platform over. So I have a Shopify site, but I haven't finished it. And there was a lot of coding and that yeah. was a project from 2018 that I had to table. So I still haven't switched over to the newer platform that's gonna be, that's gonna have better design and options. Uh, so it's kind of like going from Windows to Apple, like I'm on the older system that mm -hmm. is, was really robust back then. And now I need to upgrade to a newer system, but nothing is easy as a snap of a finger. It's um, not. Yeah. But if you have, if, if you have, uh, you know, your website, the idea too, with your website is trying to answer every customer service question within mm -hmm. the website or your video so that you're not constantly answering the same thing like which board is right for me <laughs> yeah um, and obviously when you have a, a complex product line like i do you can't you can't i you, i still get calls like i i just 
need to tweak this, what's the right product for me? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, trying to be as informative as you can on your website so that you're not answering those customer service emails. And ideally, I absolutely agree. The orders just come in, right? Yeah. The orders just come in. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, an e-commerce platform is, is great. Uh, now there's, there may be, there's a comp there's other companies where they have in-house people who are just dedicated to their website only because it changes all the time, you know, like, load. yeah. Um, and they need, they absolutely need an in-house person, but if you can do go through a e-commerce, you know, website where they do all of that, it'll save you. Yeah a lot of a lot of headache yeah yeah i would say the best part about you know just with the upgraded e-commerce systems is reports oh yeah the, oh my that makes life so yeah. much easier yeah. when i'm reporting oh man don't you like it when your income is like just going straight up boom boom yeah boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and then like there's like a, and then there's a massive thing that goes down because you know because of, um yeah yeah i find that some it goes in waves and i think it's with it people's is. paychecks with like they get paid every two weeks or something like that yeah so there's highs yeah. and lows yeah as long as it's, it's not all low <laughs> yeah as long as it's not always down at the bottom <laughs> well i think it also depends you know this will bring in the next topic like inventory so right now you know oh, if you look wow. at my records it'll look like it's just a steady boom just a, just a you know shot up like um storm runner you know, that roller coaster at Six Flags, but mm -hmm. now, right now, it's very stagnant because, you know, most 90% of the bags are gone besides a few I have in reserve. So now it's just like, mm -hmm. I think again, it'll kind of boom up with the new inventory. But I want to ask you, what is, from your experience, how, how do you base, okay, when do, what is the number I truly need to get at this specific moment? You know, just projecting this is how long it'll take for these to sell out. Do you have a very specific system where you kind of say, I'm just going to buy it when they're out? Your inventory. Well, say, sorry, say that again. I didn't. Quite yeah. How do you kind of project when you, when you need to make buy more inventory, do you kind oh, of do it oh. on a specific cycle or do you yeah. just kind of wait? Okay. I'm out. Let me buy more. Right. So it depends on, there's going to be some products that just always go like my medium sized mm -hmm. boards sell way more of those than the smaller boards or, or something. Right. So I think okay. it depends on the product, how fast it continually turns over. So yeah. if that's the case, then you may need to buy more of that product anyway and have yeah. a smaller inventory of the things that, that are more specialty that don't always um, sell. But some companies they like, they like to have, um, and you talked about this last time, they like to have a, like when it gets down to 10, then we need to reorder. Or when it gets down to a hundred, we need to reorder. It, it, it depends on how fast the turnover is. Um, so for me, I have different, I have a lot of things that are the WIP work, works in, pro, in process that yeah. I have a bunch of raw boards there and I have boards that are um, silk screened and gripped, but not assembled. And yeah. then I've got things that are assembled and everything is in its own stage um and i can pick and pull when i need to and because some some there's a one rail that fits two different boards okay. i don't want to make i don't want to make every board and have it sitting on the shelf because that board color may not sell versus a different one and now my rail is permanently attached to that board so then it just oh so your process is very different i can see all right yeah so 
Um, but when I do, because it's more efficient to buy two crates of wood, at, uh, of plywood and have, you know, 90 sheets of plywood and make a huge batch of boards and have them, have them there for, uh, yeah, I don't do, I don't do one-offs because it's just not efficient. It's, yeah. it's, it's too labor intensive. So, um, you know, when you can do 50 at a time, um, that's for me, it's more efficient. Um, cool. yeah. And then there isn't a lag, you know, isn't usually a lag with, uh, so I think for, for you as well, having to factor in how long it takes for shipping to import. And then if, if, unfortunately, if it gets stuck at customs or something, adding that, that time in, you know, yeah. or, and then adding in, if you have a whole batch of defective products, what it's going to mm -hmm. take to have them finish those out. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think also that goes, you know, ties back in what, what I mentioned earlier about um, the trade agreement. So for me, mm -hmm. um, I was, I was told from this first generation dead bugs, any bags that do get damaged, you know, that, that customer find that they just, they just get damaged while in use. Guess what? They're going to add on that inventory for the next order. Mm -hmm. um, or if I have a defective batch, yeah, same thing. The, the, uh, my supplier will add on more more of that defective bag use, defective bags for the next order. So it's kind of good to have that agreement. Mm -hmm. So, but I think for for yeah. a supply standpoint, in me, it's this is really brand new. I, you know, I'm going into it now. I think my biggest constrict uh, constraint is cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's always about cash flow and, and when I can get inventory because I think I'm still at that growing process to where, okay, reinvest, profit, reinvest, um, put a little bit on on credit just to like, get them out through there. So I think it's a process mm -hmm. for me to learn what I keep in because, you know, for me introducing three new colors, I'm a little nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know a lot of people are asking, you know, they want to see some new colors. But again, like you said, it's about putting yourself out. And yeah, I'm going to be very vulnerable because I'm putting out colors I think are going to work and there's going to be more in the future, but it's, you know, it's trying to gauge it. You know, I'm not going to, for example, go out of these 1000 bags or right, half of them are going to be the new colors. No, it's going to. Right. Yeah. Cause if they sell out, okay, cool. They sell out. I'll just, I'll get more for next order. Right. Yeah. So I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely a learning process. You know, I'm very lucky that I can have things in stages and yeah. not like all finished product. Um, yeah, because for me, once it's once you have a once you have a black bag, it's a black bag. It's, it's a black bag, right? Right. Yeah, you put it. You can uh, make a sticker on your on your uh, sticker maker and put a different sticker on there. Yeah, you can yeah. put a different color patch, but yeah. it's it's gonna you can't rip off the nylon and slap on. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So one um one thing that may help uh that I put a note down here is the critical path, and this is really. Mm -hmm important in learning how to work efficiently um, and figuring out taking the critical path for the day like what is the most emergent thing that you need to to do and finish and get done um, and not double back so like email like I don't open I don't open that one email unless I'm going to answer it I don't open it sit about you know sit on it think about it go do something else eventually come back to it because then I'm doubling back on my work and it's for me it's just not efficient so in finding your business processes what's the critical path and then doing the things that you don't like like 
first thing, get them out of the way. <laughs> like, so, that, <laughs> yeah. so that at the end of the day, you can enjoy whatever you're like, if you want to enjoy manufacturing or phone calls or something, do, do like the, like, not so fun stuff. Um, uh, first. Yeah. Or you that's just, good to say. Yeah. That's or you just find that you are completely avoiding something. And, you know, I think we all have, we all have that within us, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What's the critical path in, uh, managing your daily operations and then unforeseen things. I could have a list of 10 things I want to do, but really it should be three because there's going to be some unforeseen phone call that's yeah. going to maybe, you know, derail me. And so, um, that's, that's something that is challenging for, for, uh, for business owners to manage as the unforeseen, um, changes, you know, mm-hmm. I agree because for me, I don't have expectations of what's going to occur every week, but then something new pops on, Hey, I have a question about this. Can you, uh, do something about the zipper pull? What do you recommend about this? And I'm thinking, mm-hmm hold on a second, how come this is just all coming up? And, you know, that's what kind of takes up my day. As you said, it's just, I don't like to double back. Same thing. If I get a mm-hmm. message on Instagram, I'm not going to answer unless I know I'm going to, you know, respond to it. Right. Same yeah. thing with emails. Cause it's just about being efficient with it. And mm-hmm. I definitely will say, I need to do a better job of knocking out the things I don't like to do early yeah. right now. That's uh that's Q3 sales report <laughs> for my CPA. <laughs> cause I have to, cause my, Oh man, I have to, get more efficient with my with a square system and tracking down to invoices and oh my god no it's not fun at least yeah it's yeah it's horrible well yeah it's not fun because it's like tedious and maybe you're not fully comfortable or you haven't really found the efficient way yeah to do it yet but at the same time you know the have you heard the um sort of your worst day is also your best day like yeah you break your leg, but it's the best day because you, you, it provided this other opportunity or you got yeah. fired, but it provided this opportunity for you to build a business and, and do what you want to do being happy. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the flip side of like having to do all of that sales report yeah. is like, you're doing all that sales report. Like, yes, look at this, <laughs> <laughs> look at these more, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, cause it's, it's important at yeah. the end of the day. To really see, yeah, because the numbers yeah. don't lie. <laughs> the numbers don't lie, and they will, they will, uh, they will. Um, uh, what I guess they can humble to you too. They, they, yeah, they can humble you, but they can also excite you. Like, yeah, I'm on the right. Path. I agree. Have you heard of writing yourself an abundance check? No, I've not heard of this. No. Okay, so. Um, uh, you can look it up abundance check but it looks like a check and it's got your your logo or your face or whatever on there and your your address um but you and it's blank and there's a memo and there's a you know a spot for the the just like a check like you know three thousand dollars or something write yourself a check from your from your business to yourself for the three thousand dollars and put in the memo you know this this is for um, all the hard work that I've done to create mm-hmm. the next line of, of inventory. And, uh, you know, make it realistic. Don't be like, 
I'm going to write myself a check for a million dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. Make it realistic, right? Um, Destroy like, all your cash on hand. <laughs> right, right. And and it will come. It, <laughs> yeah, but it will come to you. I, I just wrote mm-hmm. an abundance check to cover rent. I put it up on my bulletin board and I was like, this is it. We're going to have it. I'm going to have this, this come into the PayPal account, not the Volusion account, the other, like, yes, yeah. I got like six, six bank accounts, but, um, uh, I put it on the board. I'm there. And then, you know what? Answer the phone with a smile. I'm like, you know, how can I help you? He's like, I want to order a bunch of boards. I said, okay, let's do it. I, boom. Right. Abundant check, rent, rent discover. If you put it out there, it will come back to you. Absolutely. And if you put the bad stuff out there, it will come back to you. So avoid the bad, avoid the, the, the non, you know, there's a gift in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Abundance checks. I'm going to do that next. It totally works. To it totally works. Yeah. Manifest it, like write it in. We have a, we have a, I have these like four foot by six foot dry erase boards and we've written, yeah. you know, Nicole and I who do our, my steady state menstrual health program, we've written it all out there. We've applied to be speakers at the different conventions. It's up there that it's up yeah. on the wall. It's like, yes, we're going to do it. And the way we speak about it is we are presenting. We, we are speaking like we've already done it. Like I'm an inventor. I'm the owner of the dead bug. You know, I am, I, you know, you speak as if you're there. If you want to be an inventor and it's maybe five years out, then you speak right now that you are an inventor. Don't say like, I want to do this. Just live, mm-hmm. live it right now. Live the, the person you want to be five years from now, start living it right now. Um, so that it's not such a shock in five years. Like, how did I get here? Yeah. You know? It just mm-hmm. moves on in. That's um, cool. Yeah. But anyway, we had we had all we had our whole program and everything written on here, and I was like, Nicole, we gotta erase this. We did this. We completed it. Yeah. Time for time to start new, to the next phase. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Abundance. Hats. Yeah. Uh. Yes, there are. I mean, in this process in general, it's going to be good days and bad days, but you just have to move on to the next thing and just keep going. That That's all simple to say from, my, from what I've dealt with so far. So and you just have to have faith. If you really believe in it, you have to go in and just believe in yourself and go and have no regrets of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's not, it's not all rainbows and puppy dogs. It is not there, rainbows. There's been times dogs. when I've been on the floor crying my eyes out, like, like just <laughs> those, oh, yeah. days, for me, those yeah. days are few and far, far between now <laughs> but there's been uh, yeah. days where you're like oh my gosh yeah and 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 that's a bigger commentary on like everything else that's happening in your life that maybe isn't supportive or um you know not having you know balance in your life um mm-hmm. but yeah it's hard and and but when you overcome those things, you know that you've been at the bottom of the barrel. And yeah. the next time you are potentially at the bottom of the barrel, you can dig your way out and just come out stronger. It's it's all part of the process, all part of the process. There is a gift in everything that is presented to you. Um, 
yeah, I think this has been a lot of fun. I'm so excited to hear about everybody's experiences. Yeah, I want to answer questions too, in March. I'm I'm just curious yeah, to see yeah. what people like, say. What do you got? Come on, bring like, come on, everybody. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? What do you yeah. got? Because I can't wait to be candid and really <laughs> get like you know funny answers and really just really, really talk about everything in the most truthful way. There's nothing you know. We're not we're not sugarcoating anything here. Right. Yeah, I want to see everybody's inventions and ideas and their thought processes. I love, I love that creativity. Really fascinating. All right, so this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash ATinventors3. That's where I'll have ways to contact Alicia, Jay, or myself. And again, that's what we want, to share in your story, to walk alongside of you, to say, I haven't been there, but here's a resource, or, oh, yeah, I did that 10 years ago. Here's how I made it work. Or this is what I'm walking through right now. Or like I said, I, I, we're all interested to hear Toki's story about uh, being part of Shark Tank, right? So share those stories with us. Reach out there. Again, Alicia has her email, Jay, mostly on Instagram, me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email. It's all about the same. Uh, maybe I need to do better about not checking that email until I'm ready to respond, though. Take that critical path. So. We want to hear your story. We want to share that. We want to walk alongside of you. So again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Inventors 3 Jay, Alicia, thank you so much. If you listen to the, the podcast in the audio recorded version, version and you hear something sounds kind of funny or it's like, hey, that was kind of a jump. There was a power or internet outage in the middle of the podcast and a fire drill. And so... There is there is that little technical difficulty that happened, but they just kept on going. Didn't even know that I was absent and then picked right back up and filled me in where I missed. So if you hear that, that's kind of what happened there. Other than that, Jay, Alicia, it has been a great pleasure and we will schedule our next one eventually. Thank you, guys.